Hey folks, I'm Eugene Driscoll. Welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indies weekly podcast. Today our guest is Dr. Matthew Conway, the superintendent of Derby Public Schools. We're going to talk about the field situation in the city of Derby and the school district slash city's efforts to reconfigure their fields so they can construct a new field house off Chatfield Street, put in an artificial multi-use field where the football field currently is, and a track. To do that, they have to move the baseball field that is now next to the football field. There's been a lot of twists and turns in this story over the last two years. Uh, it looks like it's becoming more and more positive. And before we get into the interview, I just want to put in a little plug for valleyindy.org. Are you hosting a fundraiser? Are you advertising on Facebook? Stop. For $99, the Valley Indy can publicize your event. We'll get it on valleyindy.org. It'll appear on the New Haven Independent and we'll promote your event on Facebook to our 13,000 plus followers, plus an additional 5,000 on Twitter. If you want more information, contact me, Eugene Driscoll at Gmail. Okay, on to the interview. On the line, we have uh, Derby School Superintendent, Dr. Matthew Conway, and I read a story uh, in the New Haven Register this morning. Today is Friday. I don't know what the date is, but uh, apparently uh, this field situation, I mean, it's a good problem to have, but it's taking more, taking more twists and turns than, uh, than a soap opera, but all good. Uh, <laughs> I, it's really quite amazing, uh, everything that's happened in the last, I don't know, year or two. Uh, with this yep. quest to improve field space in Derby. So it sounds like the Baseball Field Relocation Committee and the Board of Aldermen have decided that the best place to put a new baseball field is where the softball field plays right now. Can, can you go through the, the latest? Sure. That, you're exactly correct. Uh, both of those uh, uh, boards, committee and, and board, uh, passed that in last, uh, as early as last night, um, the Board of Aldermen uh, passing that. And that is uh, correct, that the, uh, the, the motion actually is that plan A would be that the baseball field is relocated to where the girls' softball field is currently located, and that if for some reason, while we have a, an architectural plan that says it will fit there, uh, if something doesn't work due to some circumstances unknown to uh, either committee now, that that plan B, they would go to plan B, which would, which would put the baseball field up um, on the Ken Marcusio sports complex um, where you would fill in over Nutmeg Ave to fit the field up there but keep it on campus. Okay, and then uh, Little League would still be able to play up there and all the... All the well, with, that, with that scenario that we looked at, um, uh, that, that would cause uh, the need to relocate little league fields uh to somewhere else in town and okay so that's option b how i mean is there any idea right now how doable option a is because obviously it seems like option a is the preferred way to go uh what could you like give a percentage if, if you were a betting person how how certain is option a over option b we have right now uh architectural plans um, that were provided to the, the committees 
um, that show that a regulation size high school baseball field can fit where the girls softball field is now by going into the hill behind what's currently home plate, uh, going into that hill 35 to 40 feet. You can get 325 down each line and 350 to center field. Uh, but that, I mean, not, I, I don't know how to change a light bulb, but I've been on that hill. Uh, I've, I've had my kids roll down it. Uh, it's a fun hill. It's a steep hill. But it's a hill. That is quite a, a construction project. Is there, uh, right. is like, what has to go into that? Uh, what, are, what, are the, so, what are the hurdles? What are the potential hurdles with that project? We thought, we thought initially, until this morning, actually, uh, Eugene, um, that it may require uh, a retaining wall. So, uh, one, they'll have to test to see what's actually in that hill and then uh, what it would take to, to do the excavation work and then if a retaining wall is needed to then support the rest of the earth uh, behind that hill once you dig into it. Um, so until we have a, a, you know, the architect complete his work with, with a, a uh, civil engineer uh, to determine that, we, we won't have answers. but. We had, we had anticipated excavation costs that would include a retaining wall uh, in order to put the field there. Okay, and at what point, I know the uh, initially, I know this has been a long discussion, there's been about a million scenarios out there. Uh, mm-hmm. For a while there, it looked like the best option or the most reasonable option that would affect the least amount of programs and people in the city of Derby was to move the baseball field to to Wittick Park and then put some, some uh, rearrange the current soccer field layout for Wittick Park. Uh, how did the uh, the plan change? How did you sort of revert to this uh, other plan in the last couple of weeks? Uh, when we we received a phone call, when actually uh, Mr. Pascal received a phone call from an incredible. A woman named Joan Payton, and um, reaching out and um, inquiring uh, what projects we had going on in Derby, and um, one conversation led to another, which put me in touch with with Joan uh, regarding the field house that was pulled out of the project, if you remember, to to reduce it from the initial 4.8 million bond request to 2.9 million. Um, and, and I should let me just interrupt because there might be uh, we might be getting too inside baseball. Just for our listeners, if you're not familiar with the trials and tribulations of, of this project, it all started because the city slash school district was able to snag about three million dollars uh, from the state bond commission to put in a new uh, track and a new uh, multi-use artificial field. Uh, at the Ryan Athletic Complex in Derby. So that created a lot of uh, a domino effect, and, and that's where this all comes from. So sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to throw that out That's okay. It's good great clarification. Um, so uh, with that um, phone call and, and subsequent conversations with Ms. Payden um, and then receiving uh, confirmation that she wanted to uh, donate $2 million dollars uh, for the construction of the field house, uh, and also explaining in that um, that uh, while her dad, J.R. Payton, Joseph Raymond Payton, who graduated in 1915, had played football here, both his principal love and her brother Bill's, uh, who had since passed away in 2013, principal love was baseball. 
And once I heard that, I thought, boy, that might be that might be neat to be able to uh, do the field house and a baseball field in proximity to each other on campus um, in memory of, of Jr. And, and Bill and they love for baseball and um, her quest to uh, to give back to the Derby community and can it be done within the uh, donation that Joan you know so generously offered uh, offered us and uh, so Joan and I talked about that and uh, she was fully supportive of the idea it was cost prohibitive for us to build the baseball field on campus given the amount of excavation that we would need to do um, given the funding that we had from just the 2.9 million uh, from the state. So this gave us an opportunity to at least open that conversation back up and reconsider initial plans that we had from day one to, to keep the baseball field on campus. And um, so that's how we got to where we were uh, bringing the baseball field back on campus and considering initially um, the Little League Complex, the Ken Marcusio Sports Complex, uh, as a location building out over Nutmeg Ave. Uh, in further thinking about this and uh, um, holding the different meetings, considering everybody's um, needs in the community, and uh, how can we do this with the least amount of displacement of existing programs and I went back to a plan that we had on the table initially which was uh, can the baseball field fit where the girls softball field currently is and at the time two years ago when we thought about that we didn't go down that road due to the cost of the excavation uh, but I uh, reconsidered it and reached back out to our architect if this was something that could could we fit and uh, he informed me yes um, and provided me two different uh, drawings uh, where he could it could fit um, which has led now to it's the the most the least disruptive plan on the table where we don't have to relocate any youth programs little league or soccer uh, nobody gets displaced. Nobody gets their current fields um, uh, interrupted. The only people it affects is is the high school athletic program, which is what the funding is is for. So where now? How can we now, as a group, uh, work to relocate the softball field by keeping it on campus? Um, and what are the options we have for that, as opposed to trying to to put the baseball field somewhere, uh, somewhere else. And so it's, it's pretty it, amazing for I mean the the uh, residents and the student population up there to be able because one thing that you know no, nobody wanted to move necessarily the the baseball field from its uh, sort of on campus location to across to the other side of Derby because you know you're trying to support the baseball team the high school baseball team it's better to have it all in one place so it's really amazing that Joan Payton is sort of a, a saint for Derby uh, we you would not be in this position if it wasn't for the fact that she put in a phone call to the high school principal and, and got you to where you are it's a pretty amazing story y yes it is it's, it's absolutely incredible and every day I'm reminded by that as we uh, look at this project and uh, and how we got to where we are today. And, and 
Eugene, the, the really exciting part of it is um, is the thought and and where we want to end up uh, go, going in uh, at the, at the end and and the the history that we're learning about JR about Derby uh, in 1915 and, and uh, early in the late 1800s um, that we also want to incorporate into the design uh, and overall plan of the of the field house as well. And, and um, just the, the field house, touching upon that subject for a second, before I wrote one of the stories a couple of months ago or weeks ago or whenever it was, I put on Twitter, hey, somebody explained to me what this Derby field house is. I need, I don't have the institutional knowledge. And basically, I had a bunch of tweets saying, uh, it's, it, it's a smelly slab of concrete, essentially. <laughs> like, the, the memories yeah. there aren't yeah. so... So I thought when I first heard, when, you, when I had first interviewed you, okay, they're going to replace the field house. All right, it, it's a field house. It's not uh, the Taj Mahal. But in fact, there the plans for this field house are sort of uh, the world. The word field house probably doesn't do it justice. Can you describe what it's going to be? Sure. Well, the uh, the end design will be up to the the, the committee and the architect and, and Miss Payton. Uh, the way it's in, uh, Joan and I though share a, a very similar vision uh, for the field house, where this will really be more a a, a, a place for the community. Um, and when you typically think of a field house of just uh, locker rooms and showers and, and storage, it'll be much more than that. Uh, given her vision, it'll be a, a place for uh, to display the, our history uh, of athletics through the years, uh, all the awards, the trophies, memorabilia, uh, a place for people to gather for events, not just to see a game, but, but uh, to actually have, uh, we think, catered events uh, being held here, where we'll be able to invite and uh, people from outside the community to as a uh, to use it as a, a meeting place, a place to hold a banquet, a place to come and visit and experience um, the history of, of Derby and Derby athletics and what it really means, the past and what it means to to Derby, um, as well as viewing areas of both the baseball field and the uh, the football soccer and track from that one location as well and incorporate into the design of it uh, coming down from the upper parking lots this will be the central place you come down to you look off one side and you have the football field soccer field and track and the other side you'll have the baseball field that's great. Uh, I mean, and I should just throw out that I mean, I live in that neighborhood, so I probably have a bias. But uh, I mean, you got Derby Neck Library there. You've got uh, the new middle school, which is a beautiful uh, building. Uh, the, and then the way this could all tie in together is really exciting uh, for Derby. And, and as someone who who lives in the area, uh, you know, I look forward to that. What can we? What are the next steps now? Uh, Everything takes a long time. Obviously, uh, the planning process and the review process, and uh, going to the P and Z alone. Uh, can take a little bit. What are what are the next like immediate steps uh, th- that are happening in this process? So for the uh, field house in the uh, baseball field, we expect uh, from the architect some um, uh, initial descriptions of of the building uh, layout of the baseball field and uh, a um, proposals for the project moving forward um, from the athletic. Uh, complex uh, committee on March 8th they will be reviewing uh, presentations from three architectural firms that submitted RFQs for that project 
and hopefully shortly thereafter, if not that evening, select the architect for that project. Uh, once that happens, the two architects can, can get together. We can get a full uh, site layout uh, survey completed and, uh, and begin work. So, um, but uh, the initial design phase is what we're in now and will be for, for the next two months, I would imagine. Um, as we move forward, and then um, hopefully within that period of time, get a get a hard date for for shovel in the ground for one of one of the two projects. And then I read the other thing I read in in Gene Fal- uh, Sasno Favovich's article in the New Haven Register was it, I guess the alderman and maybe this isn't uh, under your jurisdiction, but they have they created like a I think it said a sixteen member uh, committee. Is that uh, accurate? That's that's like that's like a quarter of Derby. That's half the city. Right there is on this committee. I feel slighted not being invited on, but uh, what is everybody else so, is on uh, it? But what is what is that committee? Uh, and the more voice uh, in a project like this, um, I think the better. It is very very exciting. So I think the more people in the room to to share in the excitement is is great, especially when we're trying to build something that will um, uh, kind of display the history of Derby at the same time providing a, a great facility for our for our current um, uh, athletes uh, but honor our past as well so uh, but it is a um, a committee with it will consist of the Board of Education uh, for this particular project given the money was donated to Derby Public Schools the Board of Education will serve on that committee and uh, the Board of Education had then authorized myself to appoint um, six people uh, in addition to the Board of Ed to that committee, and my intent uh, always was, which I had shared with the board, to be inclusive of the other boards and commissions who at the end of the day either have to approve any design permitting or otherwise that we do for this project or are actually at, at the end of the day involved in the scheduling on use of the fields and the field house and or upkeep of the field and field house um, once everything is built. So anybody, any entity within the community that is involved in use of, care of, uh, or permitting of, uh, I wanted on the committee itself so that we save time as we go through this process and you don't have a committee making decisions with, without those people at the table, only to find out once you go to their board or commission meeting for permission, you find out that, you're, that you have to do things differently. And you're back to, to square one now, um, rescheduling, uh, redesigning, and now having to go back to a meeting 30 days later mm. uh, for approval. So the hope is that the more inclusive we are uh, on this committee, the, the, we can move the project along quicker having people with, with knowledge of the different boards and commissions at the table as decisions are being discussed and made. Okay. I said I would take uh, 15 minutes. We're like at the 19-minute mark. But since I have you, okay. and, uh, yep. and uh, if, you can't, uh, if, you don't, if you're not prepared to, to answer, we can maybe do it for another podcast. But we're entering in Ansonia last week. We had about 100,000 uh, guest columns on their budget, uh, the, the school budget. And we had the two school administrators on, on in Ansonia to talk about their school budget. And there's a lot of apprehension uh, at least in that city, about uh, ECS funding and the different state funding uh, that is coming or not coming. I'm wondering, how is the school board budget 
coming along? Is it harder than previous years? Are we looking at a, a, an increase because you're losing grant money? What's the, what's the status of your budget? So the, the piece that's up in the air right now is the, uh, the Alliance District funding. So I, uh, we, we did spend some time, um, myself with my, uh, our administrators, in um, putting together two blueprints, one with and one without Alliance District funding, uh, using all of our data to drive that decision, those decisions on terms of uh, what we would have to, um, uh, uh, where we would have to reallocate funds, what we would have to stop doing as a result of a, a lack of funding. So we're prepared for multiple scenarios with the budget. It's very early in the process, as you know. The governor's proposal that we received two weeks ago now um, does maintain our existing uh, funding and increases it actually over the next, each year over the next two years uh, by 811,000. So uh, we would be in good shape um, to be able to, moving forward with that budget, but it's very early in the process, as you know, Eugene, so anything could happen between now and, and uh, June in terms of a final budget. But we are prepared, uh, the board is prepared, the uh, subcommittee for the uh, board for the budget is prepared um, for uh, making adjustments depending upon what the final budget is. We, we do fully understand and have ha met with uh, members of the boat committee. They're invited to our subcommittee meetings that we hold on the budget in preparation for what we'll present to the city so that it, when we present it to the city, there is no surprises. Uh, they have uh, accepted our invitations uh, to our last two subcommittee meetings and have been at the table while we're walking through our budget um, ourselves. So that, and we are very cognizant of the need uh, to look at where the city is, not just what you're going to receive in the state funding, but where the city is in terms of being able to support our, uh, our budget as well. Uh, so we're working together on that. It's a partnership um, and making sure that, that, again, just like with any uh, committee or project that we're doing, uh, we're a great, uh, tight-knit community. Uh, everybody's voice is, is, um, is heard, and we will move forward with, with what we believe is, is a, a budget that could be supported by the city, uh, knowing what we're getting in, in state funding as well. And do you have a tentative date when the school board will consider and adopt their budget, and, and then from yes. that point it moves to vote? When's that happening? Sure, it'll, it'll, go to the, it'll go to the full board initially on March 7th uh, for uh, review. It will come back to the board on March 16th for a vote by the board and uh, then go to the city by, um, uh, by Mar their date of, uh, to go to the city is March 31st. So we will be prepared two weeks ahead of time to present to the city. And just uh, maybe I'm a bleeding heart here, but I've seen a lot of the work firsthand that that Alliance District money has done for Derby. It's done a lot in terms of technology, things that, that I've written stories about over the years at mm -hmm. the Irving School. It's really done a heck of a lot of good. It's, it's depressing and amazing to me that that money uh, could go away considering, uh, you know, it's not like it's being spent on, uh, on meals and, and tab sodas. Uh, it, right. Does the... I mean, is there any indication that any of those programs will be able to save by being by being built into the to the budget? Will the additional state money save any of your alliance uh, programs, or what's the what's the deal there? And then I'll let you go. Sure, the budget as the governor proposed uh, two weeks ago does keep intact the uh, the amount of funding 
that we received from our regular ECS and then the Alliance District funding on, on top of it. So it does keep that for Derby, keeps that intact, so we'll be able to maintain uh, the great things we've been able to do through the Alliance. The other thing we review, though, in preparation for um, any cuts would be of those items that have been supported by the Alliance District funding, is there other funding, that grant funding, that we have received that could help support um, current budgeted items through Alliance that we want to maintain, that we need to maintain uh, moving forward? Um, and so we'd have to look at other grant funding that we receive, how it's currently being used, and should it be reallocated to support some of the things that we're doing uh, with the Alliance District funding, should that go away? Oh, gotcha. Okay, I think I misunderstood you slightly when you first uh, mentioned all that a couple of minutes ago. All right, hey, Dr. Conway, is there anything else you wanted to add uh, before I hang up on our Google chat here? Uh, no, thank you very much for the, uh, the opportunity. All right, have a great weekend. Thank you so much. All right, thanks. Bye.